It wasn't uh, all that long ago that this feast that we celebrate on this eighth day was celebrated under a different title. Uh, and because it was, uh, I don't know, I suppose people thought it was a little earthier maybe, uh, <clears throat> we transferred and we uh, dedicated this day to Mary, Mother of God, but it was originally uh, the Feast of the Circumcision of the Lord. And in that, uh, in that act, we recall that Christ bled for the first time, uh, very much a foreshadowing of what he was going to do uh, at the end of his earthly ministry as he died uh, bleeding on the cross for us. Uh, circumcision is the entering into the Jewish covenant, and Christ's death on the cross is the sealing of the new covenant. So it's kind of uh, appropriate. But uh, as I've already said, today we celebrate it under the feast of Mary, Mother of God. And this is a feast that can cause, or the title can cause all sorts of consternation, uh, especially upon our Protestant brothers and sisters, although I am reminded that Christmas is about the only time that is uh, appropriate for uh, they joke about that, not, not, I'm not making light of it, but uh, Baptists especially, Christmas is the only time it's appropriate to talk about Mary because she is the mother of Jesus. But they quibble about this uh, respect, perhaps, that we have of the Blessed Mother, and I need to remind you and remind all of us that it is impossible to love the Blessed Mother too much. It is impossible to honor her too much. It is impossible to respect her too much. And if we have a problem with that, to remember that Jesus Christ himself, as a man, respected, loved, honored her. After all, it is one of the commandments, isn't it? Honor your father and mother. Maximilian Colby told us, that uh, do not be afraid to love the Blessed Mother because Christ loved her even greater. What we celebrate, though, is sometimes cause of, of some heartache. Uh, when we call her Mother of God, that people have the wrong idea, perhaps, uh, of what it means to be a mother. Uh, sometimes they think that to be a mother is to create the child, that the child uh, is given existence by the mother. Um, I, I joked last night, and I will joke, and, and I'll go on record. I have told her this. My, my mother used to say when I was particularly uh, being rambunctious, or whatever word, the word you want to use for it is, naughty, the other word, uh, I brought you into the world, and I can take you out. I think she was joking, but I'm not sure about 100% of the time. That is perhaps, and she was joking, of course, about the bringing me in, but that is getting at that issue that so many have, that they think that mothers create life. Now, as important as motherhood is, mothers don't create life. Fathers don't create life. God creates life in, in certain acts, of course. Life is created, uh, but they are co-creators at best, not creators. Uh, I will admit on last week, uh, 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 it's a, a thought-provoking movie about uh, what it means to have passion and have purpose in life, but it's a movie, an uh, animated movie on Disney Plus called Soul, and it's theologically very inaccurate, 
It suggests that souls exist somewhere, that they are trained and, and ready, and then when they're, they're ready, then they enter into a body, and that soul can pop in and out of the body in, in and of. And then after this life, that soul, the body ceases and the soul floats away into eternity. Now, that's a wrong understanding of things as well. I will admit, it's an, like I said, it's, it's a good, good point they're trying to make in it, but theologically it's not, not accurate. We don't exist before we are conceived. Our soul didn't float up there somewhere before we came into existence in our mother's wombs. But Jesus Christ did as the second person of the Trinity, and this is what we forget. And this is, this is perhaps part of the issue that uh, people have with naming Mary the mother of God. They forget that Christ as the second person of the Trinity existed before time. He existed before he began to exist in his mother's womb. And that Mary bore him, in fact, our Eastern brothers and sisters use the term, the, the Greek term theotokos, for what we celebrate today. Not Mary, mother of God, but rather bearer of God. Perhaps that's a little closer and helps us, but again, if we understand what it means to be a mother, that helps us too. That Mary bore him, that he began to take on flesh when he was conceived in the womb of the Blessed Mother, and that she is indeed mother of God, because she gave birth to God. Not existence, but birth. Our church fathers, the, in fact, uh, the first councils of the church were always, the first five or six, uh, were really about who is Jesus Christ. And even the ones that talked about Mary as the mother of God, the Council of Nicaea and Ephesus, especially, talking and, uh, uh, yeah, those are the two main ones, talked about Mary as mother of God and defended that title against those that would say, no, she wasn't. And really it is against what they were talking about and what the title is defending against is this mis misunderstanding that somehow Christ could be born and became God later, or she only kind of, uh, he only appeared to be human, or, you know, various other heresies, but Mary is indeed the one who brought God into this world, that cooperating with God, as we said on the first, fourth Sunday of, of Advent in her fiat, and her let it be done to me according to your word, allowed God to take flesh in her and was mother. And some would say that we're unbiblical, I would point you to Luke chapter 1. In the visitation, the Blessed Mother comes in and Elizabeth uh, kind of shrieks for joy and, and uh, the baby in my womb jumped for joy as, at the sound of your greeting. And who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now we might say, well, yeah, that's all fine. I did a little uh, search that the word Lord uh, in Greek appears like 600 and some times. And the bulk of the times are either on the lips of Jesus when he's telling a parable, the master. Very rarely is it understood in a second way of husband. And most of the time it's 
God or uh, the title of Jesus given to Jesus? Well, let's look at those. Would Elizabeth call Jesus her husband? That doesn't make sense. How about her master, the one who directs her, literal master? That doesn't make sense. How about Lord? Let's substitute another word for Lord in there. God. Whom I that the mother of my God should come to me. This title is biblical. What does it mean for us? It means that when we remember and we, when we go and gather and look at the nativity crash, when we honor the Blessed Mother, we're honoring the Mother of God, the one who brought Christ into this world and the one who continues to help us to understand. See, it sounds rather anti-Semitic or racist or whatever, but it's a beautiful trait. Every Jewish woman I've met, every Jewish mother I've met, has one beautiful quality about them. They want you to know their children. Have you met my son? It's, it's common. And it's a beautiful thing when we think about the Blessed Mother as being a Jewish mother. Have you met my son? He's the son of God. Have you met him? And her whole life is pointed towards helping us encounter him. Even in her Magnificat, Yes, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. But he's, she's constantly pointing to what God the Father has done for her and what Christ is going to do for her. That she recognizes Christ as Savior, as Lord. And she helps us, too. So not only is she mother of God, but the church helps us to understand she's the mother of the church, the mother of us. And she's bringing us together with her son. This day we are given this passage to help us to remember that like Mary, we need to reflect on these things in our heart. When we honor the Blessed Mother, what we are doing is remembering who Christ is for us, who Christ truly is in and of himself, and that Mary bore him with love beyond all telling as we hear in our second Eucharistic prayer of, of Advent, she bore him with love, and she wants us to encounter him. As the shepherds came, I can't imagine her any other but saying, this is the one we've waited for. And she would do the same for us if we come and honor her this day, as we come and honor her this day, and know that she bore him with love beyond all telling.